We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. The Crisis Next Door. A weekly report on the biggest conflicts around the world. With host Jason Brooks. Thanks for listening to The Crisis Next Door. I'm Jason Brooks. The Syrian civil war is grinding on with no end in sight. With the latest attempt by the regime to push the rebels out of their last bastion in Idlib, so far not showing any signs of succeeding in that effort. Both sides have a tendency to exaggerate battle claims, but there are those from afar with eyes on the war who are able to piece together the actual events happening on the ground. The crisis next door is joined by Jakub Yunovsky, an IT worker from the Czech Republic who's been amassing footage from the Syrian civil war since 2011. And by using open source intelligence collection methods, OSINT for short, has been able to detail the losses sustained in the fighting. Jakub has been a contributor to Bellingcat, which uses OSINT to document wars around the world. Jakub, thank you for joining us on The Crisis Next Door. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Before we get into the details of the Syrian civil war, how did you get involved in OSINT? And for those who are unfamiliar, can you explain the methods used in collecting the data? Yeah, so first, uh, OSINT uh, means open source intelligence. Uh, so uh, you are relying on public sources like Facebook posts, uh, YouTube videos, uh, etc., uh, and uh, you are using that data to uncover uh, useful or interesting uh, information uh, that isn't apparent or uh, that someone else is uh, trying to hide. How difficult is it to take that data and determine what exactly you're looking at? It's case by case. Uh, sometimes it's uh, pretty easy and it can be done in a few minutes. Sometimes uh, it takes days or weeks of effort, uh, depending also on uh, what you are looking for, if it's just one event or uh, some long-term trend. Uh, so it can be quite complex. Uh, also, it can be quite difficult if there are uh, like no visible uh, prominent features. Uh, uh, but there are some people uh, I'm friends with that are incredibly good at it. How did you first get attracted to OSINT? What, what brought you into looking at this data and trying to uncover facts in the Syrian civil war? I have always been interested in uh, military history uh, and uh, especially uh, in early uh, 2010s, uh, uh, military conflicts started to be uh, covered uh, a lot more by uh, ordinary people uh, as well as uh, activists on both sides. Uh, we have video and uh, photos posted online. Uh, so I started watching first Libyan civil war and later Syrian one. Uh, and uh, later I have started uh, archiving the footage. Now, you use uh, social media footage, I'm guessing, also satellite imagery. Is it a combination of photographs that you're using to come up with your analysis of what's going on in the war? Uh, yeah, uh, with my friends, uh, we have been both gathering uh, posts from uh, Twitter, Telegram, uh, some f online forums, uh, and uh, 
we are using satellite photos uh, when uh, it's available and useful for us because uh, that doesn't always happen. <laughs> <laughs> How difficult is it using social media photos? I've been following the war for quite some time, too, and you see many claims, whether it's from the regime side or the various rebel groups. Uh, how do you use that information and, and then try to determine what you're actually looking at in those pictures? Yeah, uh, well, uh, at least uh, in Syrian civil war, there is not all that much uh, uh, video or photo manipulation, but uh, quite often there are uh, posts uh, that are trying to claim some new event about uh, reusing uh, old uh, uh, video or uh, photos. Uh, so uh, it takes some effort to just uh, recheck everything, whether or not it's actually a new event or something that happened five years ago. Have you run into any issues since YouTube started banning accounts that did show combat footage from the war? Uh, yeah, a, a lot of issues, uh, especially because... Uh, most, if not almost all rebel groups uh, and obviously all visible ISIS accounts uh, were uh, banned and uh, their content deleted. Uh, and quite often they uh, actually uh, ban uh, the content itself. So in their server, if somebody else tries to upload it again, uh, he is blocked. Uh, so uh, sometimes uh, I was able to recover that content uh, from uh, other services before they actually uh, also stepped up and uh, blocked uh, such content. Sometimes I already had it, but a lot of content was definitely lost. YouTube says that they ban content that they think is offensive. Uh, do you think that perhaps having that content available in your archive serves a different purpose? Yeah, I'm trying to show at least uh, usually military footage like combat uh, or after combat uh, videos uh, and to make them available for everyone, uh, especially for research, uh, learning about history, uh, etc. Uh, and I think uh, their effort is forced on one side by uh, politicians and public, uh, but uh, I think they should uh, try and at least preserve uh, this kind of footage for professional researchers, journalists, even if they put it behind some wall where you have to actually prove your identity or something, it would be a lot more useful. You've built an enormous collection of footage from the war, 150 gigabytes of data in an archive that could be accessed on Reddit under the page r backslash combat footage. How do you break that data down in a way where someone can make sense of it without being overwhelmed? Yeah, uh, since I prefer uh, keeping things simple, uh, I uh, have included uh, as much data as possible in actual file names. So even if you just open the folder, let's say from 2016, uh, and you want to see, uh, let's say, Concourse ATGM launches, uh, you can just uh, type in uh, to Windows search for that folder, and uh, you have uh, ability to quickly uh, sort and analyze the data, uh, count launches, uh, outcomes, etc. And uh, I think this is uh, much more practical than uh, creating uh, some uh, metadata uh, files for everything. Let's get to the details of the Syrian war. You've painstakingly tallied up the Assad regime's armor losses since the beginning of the war. And that was a big number to begin with, as Syria had one of the largest tank fleets in the world. 
What is the tally on total armored losses since the beginning of the war for the regime? At around uh, 2,393, give or take a few vehicles. At least that was the last count. And this uh, includes tanks, uh, armored personnel carriers, howitzers, uh, self-propelled. My uh, research uh, to this group of vehicles, because things like uh, light technicals and things like that uh, are not all that interesting. Pickups uh, put some machine guns on them and they are not really restricted and nothing unique. It looks like the regime has stabilized those losses the past couple of years after heavy losses from 2012 to 2017. What would have been the peak period for armored losses for Syria? Uh, happened uh, in uh, 2012 and 13, when in both years uh, they have lost uh, around 500 armored vehicles. And uh, losses actually peaked in summer 2012 when losses uh, were around 100 vehicles per month. Are you able to break down losses inflicted on the regime from various rebel groups, whether it's Al-Qaeda-affiliated HTS, ISIS, or the U.S.-backed SDF? Is that possible? Uh, yeah, uh, since uh, usually all sides release their own videos with uh, proof of enemy losses, showing what they have captured, etc., uh, it's usually possible to identify who destroyed or captured what. Do you have any totals from that as far as which rebel groups have inflicted the most losses on the regime? This uh, pretty complicated uh, since uh, uh, not always uh, uh, you get uh, videos from specific group which captured some place or uh, know uh, what uh, actually uh, was destroyed by whom. Uh, since uh, quite often there are like four or five groups uh, uh, in single battle. Understandable. It's hard to find a more complicated conflict than the Syrian civil war. Also, is it even possible to tell if rebel forces have captured Syrian armor? Yes, although this has become quite a bit more difficult since especially uh, HTS has become a lot more secretive uh, about uh, those captures, where they, for example, uh, claim some vehicles to be uh, captured, but... Uh, rarely uh, post their videos uh, for some reason. Uh, but uh, until fairly recently, it has become normal uh, to uh, post videos or photos uh, of captured weapons, at least after you remove them uh, from the front line where they could be destroyed. What has Syria got left? Are they running out of armor? Does Russia have some old tanks lying around that it can offer to help out Assad? Uh, uh, this is uh, a lot more complicated uh, than it usually is in these uh, conflicts, since on one hand, uh, Syria has lost the vast majority of tanks, uh, armored personnel carriers. At the same time, they are being supported by Russia, which, if they want to uh, do so, uh, can resupply them with uh, substantial numbers of all military equipment. This is uh, obviously not so simple. Uh, Russians want to uh, wage war in Syria on the cheap. Uh, so they sent uh, Assad some vehicles and some equipment or take a few hundred vehicles. Uh, and uh, they won't probably send more unless somebody actually pays for it. You put 2019 losses at 47 so far for the Syrian regime, all since April 29th when the regime began to move to oust the rebels from Idlib. 
What does that pace tell you? Is it another bad year ahead for the regime after a couple of better years in regards to the amount of tanks and armor they lost to rebels? And nobody's trying to uh, take some territory. There's minimal or no losses. Uh, for example, uh, first uh, four months of this year had just nine vehicles in first four months. And that includes uh, end of April when uh, current fighting started. So uh, as long as either rebels or regime try uh, to capture territory, uh, losses uh, escalate very quickly. And uh, this uh, is also uh, gotten quite more interesting recently uh, since there was some appearance of a deal between Turkey, Russia and Assad uh, to trade some territory uh, and let each other's uh, militaries uh, take over with minimal losses. But uh, either for whatever reason, uh, the deal fell through, which resulted in uh, Turkey shipping uh, some modern ATGM missiles uh, to rebels. Given your monitoring of the war, does it look like the regime has made any appreciable advance on the rebels in Idlib or are the rebels still firmly in control of the province? Uh, appear to be firmly in control of uh, Idlib, northern Hama uh, and uh, eastern Latakia and uh, front lines in general haven't moved much. Uh, re- regime has gained a little bit more ground than uh, rebels because they have counterattacked uh, a bit south of uh, where uh, regime is uh, pushing, uh, but in general, neither side uh, has gained much. It must be a very tough thing to be following a war so closely as you have for eight years, and there doesn't appear to be any end in sight. Do you plan to keep up your work with OSINT in documenting what you see on the ground in the Syrian civil war? Uh, yeah, I definitely, the, in long term, uh, I don't expect this to, to end uh, anytime soon, uh, but uh, I think it's pretty likely that the uh, uh, regime uh, will get tired of these unsuccessful offensives and uh, front lines will at least temporarily stabilize again. It certainly is a war that seems to have no end in sight. Jakub, thank you very much for taking the time to join us here on The Crisis Next Door. Thank you for inviting We've been joined by Jakub Yanovsky, who's been documenting the Syrian civil war using OSINT methods. I'm Jason Brooks. Thanks for listening to The Crisis Next Door. Till next time. The Crisis Next Door with host Jason Brooks is produced weekly. If you have any thoughts for Jason, email him at tcndpodcast at kcbsradio.com. Again, that's tcndpodcast at kcbsradio.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.